Welcome to episode number two of the Reverse Dieting series. So today we're going to be discussing, uh, as I alluded to in the previous episode, the importance of digestion when it comes to reverse dieting and why this is one of the secrets in terms of um, actually taking your calories up and getting your body to utilize calories and food as fuel whilst building muscle and keeping super lean and making this process more sustainable. So now we're going to delve into that. So digestion will break down into a couple of different um smaller segments i suggest would be a better way to put it so like digestion is one of those things that's massively overlooked and is one of the uh, low-hanging fruit that i think most people can really try and fix and optimize now this is something that has really been eye-opening for me how much progress you can make in terms of the amount of food you can eat and your body actually digest and assimilate correctly without putting on body fat when your body's actually primed in a position ready to take in those nutrients. So the way I like to think about this um, with reverse dieting is once we've gone through the, the first two phases of a transformation, which I discussed in the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that, head back and listen to the episode and explain it in more depth. But once you've gone through those first two phases of the priming phase and the dieting phase, we've then got the body into what I like to call almost like a, a fertile environment for um, building muscle, keeping lean or getting leaner. So the body can be very receptive at this point to uh, nutrients and to calories uh, coming into the body. So this is something really want to really focus on here, and that's keeping insulin sensitivity. And one of the best ways to do this is by optimizing gut health and our digestion. So something we always have to remember is that uh, around 77% of our digest sorry our immune system is actually based from our digestive tract so if our digestion is up shit's creek and uh, pun intended then we're going to have a few issues that are going to cause a lot of problems in terms of um, our immune system and our nervous system and also it's going to mean our body's not going to be able to utilize digest and assimilate the food we're eating as well so if you think about it in terms of i need cars so you see a car analogy it's like putting um if you put the wrong fuel in a formula one car it's not going to run properly so if we put the right fuel in and let everything run like at max capacity then your body's going to burn through that fuel much more efficiently which is essentially what we're looking to try and do in terms of optimizing digestion so now to go into that with some practical advice in terms of how we actually going to do this uh, there's a couple of things we want to look at now firstly i look at food choices now what do i mean by this we want to be choosing food that our body actually likes and that you like and digest well with you. So this is going to be very person dependent and very specific. However, there are a few low hanging fruit that I would suggest work well for a lot of people. So some things you can look to eliminate from your diet are um, gluten would be a very easy one to take out. So swap currently for eating oats, have gluten free oats uh, would be the first one I'd look at. Same with bread. Uh, second thing We'll be trying to reduce or remove dairy. If you have issues in terms of uh, digestion, that can often be a trigger. Now, the big thing with food choices and digestion is actually you being aware. So it amazes me how many people, and you might be like this listening to this, aren't actually aware in terms of their digestion, how certain meals make them feel, like how certain foods digest with them. Because like if something, for example, you're eating something, and then an hour or two later, you're getting a lot of wind or you feel bloated. Um, that's causing like issues with your digestion. And that's something we really don't want to be happening. It's something we want to try and optimize and fix. So an example of that, like when I was in Turkey a couple of days ago, I had, to be honest, a very bad wind from 
a lot of like uh i think i had like chicken sheesh but it was like with loads of like onions and tomatoes and things like that and i think a lot of like salad and stuff like that and like onions can cause a lot and garlic can cause a lot of issues for me digestively so that would be something i would try and limit because again my digestive system obviously doesn't like that so you have to be very aware of this and um you having wind all the time or having the shits or anything like that or being bloated like that's not normal and that's not cool so we really want to be looking to try and rectify that so um and that's one of the big things we go through in terms of the coaching process with clients is trying to get them to be very open in terms of uh, bowel movements and digestion and how they generally feel because all of these little things give feedback in terms of the bigger picture of what's really going on with your digestive tract and where we can really optimize. So if the, we can optimize things by just tweaking out small stuff, that makes a big, big difference. Uh, one of the best ways to uh, ascertain if you do have issues is do like almost like an elimination diet. So say for example, your digestion is really, really bad. One of the best things you can actually do sometimes is do like a, a, like a low FODMAP diet or just like elimination diet where it's really basic. You literally have things like, uh, chicken breast, turkey breast, rice, like simple veg, green veg, like beans and broccoli or something like that, for example. That would be an, an example of a very easy to digest diet where you shouldn't have issues. Although some people can have issues with broccoli. Say, get rid of the broccoli, you'll have spinach. Spinach, beans, green beans, stuff like that, uh, people don't tend to have issues with. And then you can slowly look to reintroduce things back in. So, us being aware of the food choices we're making and what digests well with us and what uh, sits well with you and your individual body is incredibly important in terms of you maximize your potential and you be able to make the most of a reverse dieting phase because if you're trying to add more calories back in and your digestion's not in the place where it can actually handle the food, what do you think it's going to do? It's going to make your digestion even worse and it's also going to increase the likelihood that your body's going to store that extra um, calories and extra food coming through as body fat and also probably increase water retention and inflammation around your gut, which is not something we want. So point number one in terms of optimizing digestion in regards to reverse dieting is making sure that we are making the right food choices. So next on top of that, one thing I'd like to try and remove or limit is artificial sweeteners. So I like, say for example, I like coffee and I like it sweet, but obviously I'm not going to have sugar. So one of the things I noticed has a very negative impact on me if I'm traveling is if I have a lot of um, like sucralose and the aspartamine, the sweeteners like that. Um, I noticed that has a really bad effect on my digestion. And I also noticed if I have a lot of things like Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke, that again, that has a lot of these sweeteners in it, it causes my digestion to be a bit off. I, I have more water retention, my joints feel a little bit inflamed and just generally everything is slightly negative. So this is something we really want to try and avoid and mitigate. So I'd like to try and keep the amount of artificial sweeteners you have coming into your diet low. Um, what I'd recommend you use instead of uh, those sweeteners is uh, more of a natural sweetener. Something like stevia works very well. However, that's with caveat I found out. Now, this is going to get quite personal. So in regards to stevia, what I found out is that if you, instead of like coffee sweet, if you have too much stevia, it basically gives you the shit. So... Uh, coffee obviously ha increases bowel movements and how well your bowel movements progress through your body. Uh, you add that with a loss of stevia, um, you have a recipe for not great, great time. So be aware of the amount of stevia you're using and uh, yeah, tre tread carefully uh, with that one, but yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. So 
that's something that I use very, very frequently um, is stevia just to sweeten things. Even things like oats, I find it works great. So uh, don't be afraid to add that in there. But as I said, don't use tablespoons of it like I have done probably in the past because that will cause uh, an upset stomach. Next up, optimizing digestion. What's one of the big things that helps digestion? Movement. So one of the best tips, and I actually got this from Stan Efferding, who trains uh, a lot of the men's, world's strongest men in the world, uh, Hathor Hjornsson, people like that at the mountain. So if you haven't listened to that, head back to the episode I've recorded with him, one of my first episodes. And one of the tips he gave was after every meal, go on a short 10-minute walk. Why? Well, it's a couple of reasons for that. The walking and move bilateral movement actually helps to get your digestion moving and get, um, helps your body to actually get like food going through your stomach uh, and through your intestines and get the digestion going. It's also increasing blood circulation throughout the body as well, which is also going to aid in terms of digestion, getting more blood to move around the digestive system as well, which is obviously going to help. So that is a highly effective method. And also, if we're in the reverse dieting phase, which is the top of this podcast, you going on little short sporadic walks throughout the day also increases your energy output which means the amount of calories you burn on a daily basis, which means will also keep you nice and lean, which obviously is going to be awesome. And it's also going to help in terms of recovery because you're going to have more blood flow to the muscle. So point number three, this we've had obviously food choice we've spoken about. Number two is sweeteners. Number three, we've just spoken about is movement. So get out there, move after your meals. It will help. Or even beforehand, sometimes I find that works well before breakfast or before my last meal of the day, a short walk can be very, very, very productive. Next up, um, hydration. So this can be very misleading, and I find a lot of people make a lot of mistakes with this. So we don't want to be drinking tons and tons of fluid with meals. So if we think about our stomach, our stomach uh, will use hydrochloric acid to break down food. Now, if we're going to be pump, pumping in half a liter or a liter of water, for example, or any other fluid, that's going to dilute our stomach acid down. Now, when our stomach acid gets diluted, it's then makes it more difficult for us to break down uh, food which we're trying to digest. Plus, the volume of the extra liquid within our stomach makes it more difficult for us to digest. So when we're looking to try and optimize digestion, what we actually want to be trying to do is not have too much fluid coming in. So we want to be trying to drink um, plenty of water throughout the day, don't get me wrong. So for guys, I'd probably suggest four to six liters is probably a minimum. For women, maybe a liter or two less than that. Um, but what we want to be trying to do is trying to uh, drink the majority of our fluid between meals rather than at the main meal. Or if you are going to drink at the main meals, try to just sip and just try not to have too much. Uh, one of the big things I'll say as well can help with this and not bloating you out is also not having um, fizzy drinks and sparkling water because that extra gas can bloat your stomach out quite a lot, which again can have a negative impact in terms of digestion, uh, which is not going to help. We're obviously talking here about reverse dieting. So if you're in a fat loss phase and you struggle with being hungry all the time, then awesome. Sometimes that bloating can help like satisfy some of the hunger because you feel full. However, reverse dieting, this is in a situation we're going to be increasing our carbohydrates and our calories coming in. Therefore, we don't want to be filling our stomach with gassy fluid because uh, that's not going to help the situation where we're putting in more food than our body's used to anyway when we think about it. Um, so that's hydration. Closely followed up by hydration, which we sort of touched on there, is food volume. So this is one of the reasons why I don't like intermittent fasting. I just think it's dumb. Um, it's if you think about things logically, like your body can only digest and assimilate a certain amount of food in one sitting. So what we don't want to be doing is banking all of our food 
and eating one massive meal and being like one of those snakes you see is eating an alligator who can't move, who's like passed out on the sofa on their bed. This is not a good way. We all, we all know this is not a good, good thing to do. Um, although I quite like eating a big meal and going to sleep, it's not optimal and it's not going to help you in your reverse dieting goals, optimizing digestion. When you overeat in one meal, you're much more likely to store that extra calories and extra food as body fat, whereas when that's spread out throughout the day, it has a big impact in terms of your body actually digesting the food better. And then if your body's digesting the food and like assimilating those nutrients correctly, it's much more likely to shuttle the nutrients into the right places rather than uh, storing it as adipose tissue and body fat, which is obviously what we're trying to avoid throughout the reverse dieting process. So food volume we want to keep low. How many meals a day do you want to eat is going to be very person dependent. Um, what I would add on that as a caveat, I actually don't think you should wake up, eat, uh, sorry, I don't think you should eat as soon as you wake up. Um, one of the best things I would suggest you can do in terms of meal timings is probably wait at least an hour to an hour and a half after waking up, get yourself hydrated a bit first before having your first meal. Uh, and then I'd probably eat every two to three hours throughout the day uh, from there and onwards. So I'd probably eat before training, 90 minutes, two hours before I'd eat around an hour after working out and then try to have your last meal between about two hours before going to bed. Again, it will help with digestion. Also keeping your resting heart rate down slightly overnight, which has a big impact in terms of recovery. So that's something we very much want to be aware of. So that's food volume, food timing, its importance and why we want to really be pushing those aspects. Now in terms of food timing as well, something we want to touch on is like, where are we going to be putting our food throughout the day? So I alluded to this on the previous podcast and that was talking about um, when we are reverse dieting, we're adding carbohydrates and calories back into our diet. So first and foremost, where we want to be putting those in is where our body can utilize them best. And that's around the workout. Now, what we want to be doing here as well is if we're going to be increasing the amount of carbohydrates we're having pre and post training, we want to be making sure these food choices, point number one we spoke about, are correct and they are going to be foods that we can increase the volume of and we can digest very easily so this is why i'm a big fan of things like ground rice cream of rice um pre-training or post-training because any rice-based carbohydrate is generally going to be the easiest for your body to digest i don't think anyone i've ever heard of anyone have an issue digesting anything that's rice-based so that's generally what i'd recommend in that respect um, in terms of post-training, again, you can have more slow digesting carbohydrates if you should so wish, but we want to try and keep the carbs we have pre and post workout super easy to digest so we don't get bloating so that we can have higher amounts of them during that workout window. And you can also have very fast acting carbs around uh, pre and post workout. So I often like adding things like fruit and honey with uh, cream of rice uh, or e even yeah anything like that works well. Um, if you're in the Middle East, you might want to use dates, stuff like that works great. So those are my sneaky tips today in terms of digestion, optimizing things for you in a reverse dieting phase. So you can build more muscle, keep lean, keep shredded, take your calories up, keep things nice and stable. And that's very much an onward control process. We incrementally want to be adding things back in. So this is something we go through on the four phases of the transformation with CJ coaching. So we talk about obviously the priming phase dieting phase the reverse dieting phase which we've discussed here and the performance phase if you want help and you want to be guided through these four phases drop me a message on instagram say listen to the podcast say you want us to guide you through the four phases and also to get you lean and looking great but then also getting you reversed out of that so you're in a sustainable position 
where you can enjoy your life, make the most of it, and have a productive next few years coming ahead. So I hope this episode of the podcast was helpful, talking through the digestive aspects, which is one of the big secrets in terms of reverse dieting. We'll catch up with you next episode of the podcast. If it's helpful, to add it to your short stories, tag it, share it, tag your friends, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes.